This episode of After the Show is brought to you by Odyssey. Odyssey are makers of headphones for gamers and audiophiles alike. You can check them out on www.audeze.com. That's www.audeze.com. You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. Hello world, hello Sitok. Hello world. The world's listening, and I want to hear what we're saying. Those are two very different things. What was you? What were you talking about before the show? Nothing. Was I? No, was you were it? typing like a fiend. Oh, I was just typing on the Facebook. It was like I was like, is she writing a great novel? Well, sometimes I just have to purge. Um, you right. know. Like The Purge? Put people... No. <laughs> Not like the movie The Purge, no. <laughs> just... I just get sick of people's bullshit, and so I like to give them a little bit of my own uh, version of You're bullshit. intense when you type in that kind of thing. I am intense, because I get pissed off, and then I get, like, retros- in- introspective, and then I get, like, <gasps> am I being an asshole? And then, you know, it keeps typing. A lot of it gets deleted. You hear all the typing, you don't see all the deleting. So no. It's got to come out... And then I can edit. I just think. I she's over there writing the next great American novel. It is not. what My mother sent me a thing that says she apologized for posting a thing to someone else that he and I often have a political slash religious disagreements. She said she apologized for cutting loose on him and this other guy who I also often have a thing with. But she just couldn't take it anymore. And I was like, holy crap. If you get my mother to out, to like... To lay down some shit on you. Yeah, you have done something. And so I was just looking over and I know her vibe. I know what she's saying. And she's so just, I was just like you. Reinforcing that. Well, uh, well kind of. Some similarities. Sure, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Sure, sure, sure. sure, sure. sure, 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 sure. <laughs> but just more, you know, people bullshit stuff. It's not a big deal. All right. So it is Saturday, November the 14th. This is After the Show. We're a movie review podcast. This is our 659th episode. And we are a long-running podcast. Uh, critically acclaimed, award-winning. Uh, that would be a lie. <laughs> we did win an award once. I don't care. It's still a lie. Don't lie to people. We've we had won, enough lying. We won the best podcast <laughs> of... This isn't a political campaign. You don't need to lie. We are also um, the best podcast in the world. Okay. Well, I you're just, just preaching I actually, to the choir. The people listening, they know that already. So yeah. it's not doing you any good. So um, we're looking at a movie like we do every week. This movie is called Greenland or Greenland or Greenland. <laughs> Which one is it? I think I've always said Greenland. Greenland. Yeah. The place. All right. So 2020 release. It's actually not available yet, but everybody will be able to see it on December the 18th. On HBO Max in America. And on Amazon Video in the rest of the world, I believe. So, uh, that's confusing. Hmm. So, on December the 18th, do a search. You'll you'll be able to find it and buy it somehow. It's rated PG-13. And Sid Talk will give you the synopsis. Uh, end of the world stuff. With the guy from 300. This is Sparta. Is that on the box? (laughs) That's yeah. not on the box. I'm it says sure. that on the. It says that on the box. <laughs> this is Sparta. No. Yeah. No, it's just and you know an end of the world scenario. And All right. uh, I'll give it? you the one off the box, okay. but there is no box because this was a streaming movie. So the box is IMDb, and that box says a family struggles for survival in the face of a cataclysmic natural disaster. That's all it says. That's it. Well, yeah. that's reasonable. It's exactly Jeez. what it is. That is right. reasonable. Yeah, I don't know. All right, so Greenland, what did you think? I enjoyed it. Now, 
I have to preface this by saying I like um it's not end of the world. It's it's a um It's not like the earth explodes in these stories. It's a cataclysmic natural disaster. Yeah, like end of human as humankind not not even that really. It's just the end of everything as we know it. Yeah, and definitely. then who's going to survive to build it back up again? So my favorite type of this is zombie apocalypse because it seems endlessly hopeless. There is no, in anything I've ever watched, and I watch really factual, fictional movies. <laughs> is that a thing? A factual, fictional zombie movie? TV show? Um, there is no end. There will always be that last zombie out there. And as soon as they bite somebody and bite somebody, it's hopeless. It's hopeless. And I, for some reason, respond to that. Maybe the battle that people go through to just keep living. That's the part I like, maybe. And then the endless... like This one has the end of the world where you see cities destroyed and all that digitally. Which is always interesting because we're not going to see that. I explain that before we start. What what is the cataclysmic disaster? What's coming? Comet. A comet. Yes. With lots of baby comets. It's like Armageddon. (laughs) Yes. Was that a comet or an asteroid? See? They made it very clear. We had to know the difference. Actually, it was an asteroid on uh, Armageddon. But where was Bruce Willis in this movie? He could have fixed this. And Ben, he's not around. And the elf lady, she's not here. Hmm. All we have is the guy, uh, what's his name? This is Sparta. This is Sparta and um, the other guy. Well, Scott Glennon when he was younger. I don't know when he was younger, but he was in Sucker Punch and he was also in The Leftovers. Oh, yes, he was. Yeah. He's always kind of the same guy. Yeah, always. <laughs> And we, we used to, I don't anymore, get him confused for a Carradine. We always thought he was a Carradine. I still do occasionally, to be fair. I'll be honest, yeah. So this is, um, I, I'll say I really like this movie, and but I am um, fond of end-of-the-world disaster-type movies as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I like, there's a bunch of them, isn't there, that I like. Um, I like Day After Tomorrow. I like, I don't really, 2012's a bit hokey, but... I do like the scenario. It is, but the more I've watched it over the years, the less I hate it. Yeah, I like movies. I love Armageddon. It's one of my favorite ones. So I do like the impending doom scenario. It is really cool. Now, what I really liked about this one, Greenland, is um, it's more realistic than others. It's kind of played a, a realistic angle. Like, um, it, it's not like over the top. It's not. No, nobody's doing one-liners. It's kind of serious. Um, and I compared it to, earlier to you. If you've seen the film Deep Impact from, what, early 2000s? Mm-hmm. It's similar to the tone of Deep Impact. It might Impact. have been late 90s. Yeah, Deep Impact came out the same year as Armageddon. And there was two um, giant asteroid movies in one summer. But they, was, they couldn't be more different. One's like a kind of hokey <laughs> comedy, and the other one's, you know, a, a kind of a serious... Um, rec- I never thought of him again as a comedy. Well, I mean, it's pretty funny in parts. Yeah, I mean, I mean you've got Steve Buscemi sat still on a nuclear missile. Paris, it's not really funny. Which Paris got completely twatted? Yeah, with- I mean, stuff gets blown up. Yeah, it's Michael people Bay, die. Millions of people die. But it's also really silly. It's not funny. But uh, Deep Impact's not funny at all. And neither is this movie. They play it like seriously, and I thought like it was the first like I'd say. 90 minutes before the, you know, as a finale to it. Um, I think it was played really realistically because it was really about, like, getting away from your house, getting to safety. What the government had set up in this scenario, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, the government had, in this movie, there might be some spoilers, we'll talk about some spoilers. But in this movie, the government has laid out a plan for the end of the world scenario. And that plan involves... People they want to survive uh, who can go into these bunkers that they've created, they alert them on their cell phones to say, you've been chosen to to go into our underlying bunker and you've got to come to this location. And when you get there, obviously, there's not everybody's been picked. So all the people who haven't been picked, they're like, why can't we go to safety? And they're all Yeah, because there's always the people. And we discussed this (laughs) as they showed people going like crazy and someone will argue with me and say, well, you don't know. And they're right. I don't know what I would really do. 
I don't think I would be crazed. No, but but I, like I said to you as well, they would definitely be crazed people, right? Yeah. Uh, we see that, you know, you don't even have to get to the end of the world scenario. You just have to get to like, you know, riots in the streets or whatever. And you, people do get crazed over Absolutely. things. Absolutely. So this would be like, and I felt like it felt realistic because like our, you know, we follow in this guy and his wife and his child and they kind of get split up at a, in a part. And then, you know, they're all in this dangerous situation. And when she is kind of just trying to get to her father's house and she goes into that pharmacy to get some medicine and Mm -hmm. that shit's kicking, it felt really real to me. Like, oh, that's what, that's really what will happen. People will start looting. People will just be firing guns because they can, right? Like, I can fire a gun. Some people, yes. Yeah, so... (laughs) So it, it, it that all feels very like, oh, yeah, that totally could happen. It's plausible, yeah. And I think this whole thing is plausible. I don't ever think it goes... I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go so far as to say every bad thing that could happen to this three people no, could I don't, possibly I don't, no, happen. I mean, that's, that's obviously... Plausible. That's amplified for the movie. But, I mean, this scenario, if it was happening, I think it would go down in a similar way. I really liked how it started in, the, you know, in their house in the suburbs. And then it, it actually... You know, it implants a lot of stuff into your mind. It's like, he's been chosen, and they're having a little bit of a party in the house. Um, you know, what was it? Fourth of July? Or it didn't really say, did it? Or did it? Birthday? Yeah, well, he had all the neighbors in the house. Mm-hmm. It was like a celebration. And then the, then he gets the alert, and it's on the TV. And then you get that question of, why haven't we been chosen? And you have. So then that kind of starts to divide people. And then when he's driving through the neighborhood trying to get out of there, people are like, take me with you. And, you know, it's really... Yeah, almost every single scenario with people is bad. Yeah, it's really... It makes you feel like, well, you've just got to be your own unit and just ignore everybody else and try and get yeah. to safety. Otherwise, you're going to get robbed or beaten up or something, right? You're going to... It doesn't look good. So, you know, they get to the place where they are going to be flown by the military... To these bunkers in Greenland, but that doesn't go so well in this movie. <laughs> Even though the movie does end up in spoiler, spoiler. But uh, I, I, every step of the way, I was like on the edge of my seat with it. Like it, it, it kept ratcheting it all. Were up. you really? Because you know how it's gonna go. One of two ways: they're either gonna do a black screen at the end and be like, "Boom, that's the end," I or the end doesn't really bother me. Like um. Then you can't be on the edge of your seat. I liked the journey of it because it was intense the entire time. Right. Like, I never really care how these movies end. You know, it, it can the, the world can end or everybody can be safe. Like, because, I don't know, maybe, it miss, maybe the thing misses us or whatever. You know, there's many... Well, there's a few ways it can go, right? I don't really care which way it goes. But the actual trying to escape the danger felt good in this movie. Mm-hmm. And there was a bit where um, it's a lot of drama and it's not full of like action-packed spectacle like 2012. But then about 90 minutes into the movie when they're on the highway and it just starts raining fire meteor. (laughs) Yeah. And cars are blowing up and, you know, it was pretty like intense. I was like, wow, this is... And, you know, it does have a finale, like a big finale right like uh, mm-hmm. the not only th- great see i i wasn't on board with the they seem to fall apart at the end a lot of these movies well some of the um thing uh, the special effects were good for the most part but there was some like you can tell they cheaped out on them a little bit i'd say 80 20 yeah i mean the sky looked good when the things were coming down in some shots but then some shots, it just looked like they stuck a paint in there or whatever. Correct. But the the sound of the meteors when the small ones are coming down and raining fire, like all sounded good and made you feel like you were in there in the middle of it. So, uh, but I, you could see there was, what, what would you say, like a budgetary thing where they had to, you know. Or just the level of skill of the people involved. Yeah, like, because when you watch Armageddon, for instance, there's lots of shots from space of the meteor coming, right? And those shots serve a purpose of making you see how big it is, first off, and you kind of almost riding on it into the atmosphere. And I think that is really effective because you're like, oh, yeah, that thing's giant. 
But this movie, because of the budgetary kind of deal with it, it resorts a lot to showing you things on television. Like it, yeah. Like it'll go, oh, look, something... I like, don't know if that's fair, though. Think about it. You got to see whole landscapes of fire and whole cities destroyed and... You did, so, but they were mostly on television in this movie. Uh, not really. Think about those big scenes where it showed all the bits of fire just, you know. Yeah, but it was very quick, like, generally. It, it never... You know, like, something like The Day After Tomorrow or 2012, they have, like, giant sequences that... It, well, 2012 is ridiculous, that first sequence. It's crazy. <laughs> it, is. it lasts for about 25 minutes, and it's just insane visuals. Everything's blowing up. Everything's... Lava, things falling over, Hollywood sign being blown. You know, it's crazy. This never... I mean, you do see... Oh, look, there's... What was the city that got destroyed right at the very beginning? Uh, Tampa, Florida. Right, so you see that. You see it get hit but even and you that see didn't a look, wave. That didn't look great. It didn't look very... Yeah, so I, I wasn't mean. convinced that Florida was getting destroyed. It's more... <laughs> My brain didn't let me go there. It's more Geostorm than Armageddon. Oh, Geostorm right? was so bad. Because Armageddon, going. even now, if you watch it, I mean, it had a giant budget Armageddon. It's like $200 million movie, but I mean, they had really good special effects. They sold you like Paris blowing up and stuff. But this movie, um, it does occasionally, that part with the, the small ones falling down on the freeway full of cars, I thought that looked really good and it was mm-hmm. intense and... You even saw a woman get hit with a with a ball yeah, of fire. That was awful. Yeah. I mean, it looked good. It looked horrible. Yeah, I think all that sequence looked really good, but then there were other sequences where I was like, wow, that's not very good. And, you know, concerning the ending of this movie, that whole, you know, epilogue type thing where it shows you what happened, that's not very good. I mean, it didn't look very good. It was a bit brief. And, you know, to me, that's... A big part of it, like Day After Tomorrow and Deep Impact, the image of our world as we know it in a completely different condition. That's like what I'm going for. You know, that's what I'm waiting for to see. And this was like, it was like almost there. Almost there. I mean, I do like um, where they went with it. And I do like, uh, the thing I like about it the most is that it follows this family, which is nothing new because you generally do have some people to follow. But it felt grounded and it felt like something that was like what would really happen. Like people would panic and do all that. There's looting. There's people giving people lifts. There's people who don't like other people. And there's people who will do anything to get into that bunker. So there's a bit of violence, you know. I mean... This guy, mm-hmm. our hero, also what I really liked about it, he is an action man or like, he's no like special agent, SEALs team. He doesn't go into Rambo mode. He's just a dude, right? And he's put under a lot of pressure and he, he has to have a fight at one point, just one fight. But it's not like the Terminator or anything, it's just a fight that happens that, you know, has some horrific stuff in it. Yeah. But, but it's like a, it's more realistic. It's not like he suddenly turns into Neo from the Matrix and starts, mm-hmm. you know, winning everything. When that uh, talking about that fight, there's a stunt in this movie that's awesome with a bunch of people in the back of a truck oh and they all fly goodness. out the side of it. I was like, shit! I don't that think I've ever really seen painful. that. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen that before. It was like there was too many people in the back of a truck. The a, truck. It was like a big um, hauling truck, and it had the wooden like almost like pallets on the side, like kind of oldish boards up, you know, kind of like a cattle truck or whatever. And then people standing up and it hits the curb and boom, there they go out the side through the boards. I was like, crap, that looks so painful. Cool looking as well, like a cool visual. So that's the other thing I like. Um, They introduce like in most films, like a spanner wrench in the works type thing, which is their child has diabetes, so it makes it more difficult to escape from anything, right? Very similar to Panic Room. Yeah, very of similar. Of course, you have to throw that little element of threat, as if the rest of the threats aren't enough. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that writing 101 thing in this script, where, mm-hmm. where you know, we need this, we need that, we need this, we got to connect it to this. Yeah, here's the formula. Okay, these three people are chosen to be saved how do we separate them? 
How do I, we how do we slow them down, and how do we cause them you know great conflict along the way? So we separate them by the dad has to go back to the car for the medicine, and the kid can't get in because he's diabetic, and the mother gets hijacked by these two assholes. Separate, 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 right? And then the strife that they're they have to deal with. It's a very simple formula, but they could have not made the kids sick. And just make right. the dad have to go back for, like, the kid's favorite blanket. But then you'd be like, nobody would do that, right? But this is, like, life and death. We have to send the kid back, or the dad back, for the medicine. And, of course, that separates them initially, and then you kind of go from there. Well, I and, mean, you know, it's a series of events that it gets progressively. And you're like, no, there's no way they can get out of this. It's just terrible. Like, it's just going to all end badly, right? But, um... I mean, it doesn't end great. <laughs> no. I mean... It's kind of typical of what they kind of do in these movies, though. Mm-hmm. They either save, somebody saves the day or the event happens and, you know, we'll, we look to a new horizon or whatever, that kind of thing. Or right? everybody's dead. Yeah, or everybody's dead. Uh, have they ever done that? I mean, that one we've talked about where it's, you know, the last night. Isn't that the name of it? Yeah, uh, yeah, that, I know which one you mean, yeah. Mm. The, that one is, that one's more of an arty film, like it, but yeah. That's just the the lights go out and that's, that's the end. Yeah, yeah. This I like is that. the that end, good. my friend. But um, I think I like the realism of the whole thing. I liked, you know, just regular. You know, they they're just regular people, really. Maybe a bit upper class, but they're not superheroes. He's an architect. That's the reason he's been chosen. He's not an architect. Uh, not an architect. Sorry. A, structural, a building man. No, he's a structural engineer. Right, is that not a building man? He's not a building, he's not like a, just a construction worker. No, he, he designs <laughs> buildings. But that's, no, a structural engineer would be able to d- design any big structure. Right. Anything big. So that's how they've picked everybody. That's what they say very briefly too, they don't explain very good. I, like, I pegged that before, like when it showed you, this movie is all about if it shows you something that is is not showing you it for no reason, there's a thing to it. No, so they show him at work, and then you're like, oh, that's why I got picked. And but they didn't really explain it or give you lots of examples of these people who are chosen because ultimately you would be choosing millions of people who have lots of skills. So why this guy, you know? Yeah. And then it shows his wife running on the treadmill, and he specifically says, how far have you gone? And she says, five miles. So it's like... Um, we know she can run. Uh, yeah, and you're like, at some point, she's going to have to run, right? <laughs> so, but I didn't need that, because like I said... No, in- you don't need... I'm saying that's that's kind of dumb, all that stuff. That's the writer's 101 stuff. Yeah, true. Because in the end, if she had to run to save her child, even if I had to run to save a child, I probably could summon up some kind of Five energy. miles? <laughs> I don't, five miles? I don't know about hour. that, but... That's why you're not sitting there going, oh, why is she, can she run? She didn't even run that far, let's be honest. But yeah, they did try to settle that up sort they, of like They set things pieces. up before they happened. Maybe there's a deleted scene we don't know about because the running didn't seem to come into play much. I wonder if it came into play in a deleted scene more, you know? It, all the If you ever watch these kind of movies or, or like Walking Dead or things like that, um, it just makes you uh, realize that like most, like mostly the, the assholes everywhere, like who are just out for themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Like, don't get in somebody's car when they said you want to ride. Never, never flag <laughs> down a car in an Armageddon situation or an end of world. It's not Armageddon, but I mean, don't get in the back of the truck to, with all the other dudes. No. To, get, to go to the place, just, no. Like, you came into this world alone. You're going to have to deal with this disaster alone. <laughs> because everybody's out for something, and it's just, and that's what this movie instills a lot, isn't it? Like that, as a yeah. family, they can help each other, but like most of the people in the surround don't help. Well, there is a nice nurse lady. Yeah, on and that then the one car, the van that picked her up, was very nice. They were just singing like a, I'm assuming a gospel song in Spanish, and they were yeah. very nice. And he met the nice guy in the truck whose mom was a doctor, but. He didn't get to go. But then there was also an assortment of assholes Mm -hmm. um, along the way. Um, So uh, let's really go into spoiler territory here. Let's really discuss the empire. All right. So they they eventually get on a plane, not the plane that was scheduled for them, just on another plane, and they get to Greenland and they get into the bunker, and then what? That's it. (laughs) No, the part after that is is it. What do you mean? The end? They get in the bunker, and then what happens? 
What do you mean? The thing happens. Yeah. I'm not sure what you're going the for. The thing here. hits the earth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a big deal. That's what I'm saying. People, pe- these people, remember, these people we're talking to, they probably haven't seen this. So they don't, they're not fresh in the mind like your viewers. Well, we've told them there's a comet and it's the end of the world. Yeah, but of. we didn't, we're, I'm talking <laughs> about the And there's a bunker so, with selected few people. So they so get into the, the bunker. Thing, the movie, the, the movie doesn't end when they get into the bunker. The thing that's going to happen is the comet's going to hit the planet. Right. All right. It, ba- it almost so barely ends. They get yeah, into the bunker. That's as close to the end as you're going to get. And then the meteor, which is the... Comet. The comet. Planet killer. Is What's the difference between meteor, comet, and asteroid? They explained it in the movie. All three of them. No, there was just a comet. Right. I think a comet and a meteor are the same. They're not. Comet has a trail. I think one's got a trail and one hasn't. I think that might be it. Right? Don't know. Well, let's all be educated by this. A comet is an icy body in the solar system, right? Correct. They said that for sure because he said it was like a frozen fart. And a meteor is a flash of light caused as debris heats up due to the incandescence of the friction of the atmosphere. Okay. That sounds the same, but it says it's, it says there's a difference. They sounded totally different, but okay. You're just trying to prove your point. <laughs> no, they didn't sound totally different. They a did. A comet is an icy body, mm-hmm. um, and you see it when it hits the atmosphere, right? And then a meteor is the flash of light followed by a piece of debris as it enters the atmosphere. One's one's cold and one isn't. I guess the difference is, right? I guess. Anyway, what happens at the end of the movie is the comet actually hits. Which is the part that surprised me because I thought it was going to miss. Oh, really? No. That's what, I I was, that's what I was, the point I was getting to. I thought no. that it was at the last minute it was going to miss and it didn't become a thing. Like the big thing. You know, hmm. the big part of it. So when it hit, I was like, wow, they, they went for it. But then because of the budget of the movie, they can't do the end of the world scenario properly. So what what it amounts to is some static cgi shots they weren't even very animated were they they were just like no it was just like a here's london and it's all smashed up but it really isn't really it it's so it's pretty brief i would say you get to see it for four to five seconds and then you see paris and then you know you see the different places they're not particularly well done (laughs) and then it cuts to black right and then it's the end so well no it doesn't it cuts to them coming out of the Bunker and... Just kind of seeing the grayness of the world. But also seeing that there's still birds flying about and it's not really the end. We can rebuild this. Correct. That was the end. It's kind of positive, but also we got devastated by it. I'm, you know, it didn't explain enough, but I'm assuming there was nothing that was not affected by it, right? Like it was all, everything was... From everything they said ever over and over and over and over and over on every news report. Yeah, I'm guessing nothing was left untouched. I mean, they said untouched. all the news reports that we heard were like before the event, but then mm-hmm. after the event, there was no explanation. Like It's not like... No, but they said about five different times this is an extinction event. 75% of all life will be gone. This is like when the dinosaurs died. This will impact human life forever. They said it over and over. So I'm thinking that's what, they're reinforcing that. So I assume, without showing us that, that's what happened. So now I want to see what happens next. They come out of that bunker, and then have the military got a plan to make all these people who have all these skills build the world up? I guess some sort of totalitarian Yeah, like (laughs) paradise. everybody everybody (laughs) has to work 8 to 12 hours a day. Exactly. You're going to build the house and you're going to, like, kill the animals. And Well, there are no Well, yeah, there are some animals. Well, it doesn't sound fun, does it, rebuilding the whole thing under a military rule? Well, we don't know that that's what's going to happen. <laughs> there was no explanation of that at all. But, I mean, what I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying that they put the people in the bunker on purpose because they wanted the all the people, you know, they needed doctors and... They did, but then all those people who showed up with them on that plane, those aren't chosen people. That was just anybody showing up. Yeah, so there was a few nobodies in there too. Yeah, they just let everybody in. Well, you could use the nobodies just to, I don't know, 
do all the work. Lift up some bricks and stuff, yeah. <laughs> Listen to you. I don't want to be in the post-apocalyptic world um, if you are the guy in charge. You can be a bricklayer. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, what they really needed was Liam Neeson in there with his ser- set of special skills. Special skills. And then he could have fixed it, fixed everything. So, yeah, I, I really liked it. I thought it was really entertaining. But, you know, you can definitely feel that it might... I don't know. I wouldn't say it'd be better with a higher budget, but maybe you I could... don't think so. You can't fix... It's a little bit... Um, it's not like... It hasn't got a big personality, right? There's not a big style going on. There's, like, Armageddon, you said, has this sort of comedy... It's over-the-top. Over-the-topness about it. 2012 has the same thing with Woody Harrelson and the limousine and... You know what I mean? This one doesn't have a big personality of any kind. So that's a little less interesting. Because it's more grounded. They're, they're going for like a more grounded mm. thing. Right. And, you know, 90, 90% of the movies really like a family drama just unfolding in some horrible city. Yeah, I think situation. somewhere along the line, writers all decided and taught all the other writers... Without the human element, without the human drama on the individual level, no one can identify with their characters and so blah, blah, blah. And it feels a bit forced at times. Like having a child who's ill, a marriage that's falling apart, all combined with an end of the world event seems, you know. I, th- I was thinking about you either have super happy families, like everybody's great, like the one with the rock and the giant beasts, like he and his daughter... The Rock and the Giant Beast. The Rock. Oh, yeah, you mean uh, Rampage. Right. They're all getting along fine, I think, weren't they? Or were they divorced? I can't even remember now. They might have been divorced. They might have been, but they were friends. Everything yeah. was fine. There was no big drama between them, other than him trying to save them or whatever. What was the other one with The Rock? Um, uh, San Andreas. Mm-hmm. That was another kind of disaster movie. But I mean, True. And huge. That one was huge, too. It had all kinds of shit going on. But I think there was some drama between the couple. Yeah. And, uh, it's just the scriptwriter thing, isn't it? This is how we do a disaster movie. People like it. You know, people love Geostorm. So let's do more <laughs> of that. Did they love Geostorm? Who are these people? Yeah. They, well, let me say, this is a Ger- Gerard Butler helmed film. And it is much better than Geostorm, which he also was in. Helmed. He produced this one as well. Yeah, this is much better than that. If you, uh, I was looking forward to Geostorm, and then when we watched it, yep. I was like, oh, God. It was very sad. Bad. <laughs> it was a sad... I mean, I was just telling my niece last night, I can't say because I don't like it that it's bad, but that one's bad. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh, so the cast here, Gerard Butler plays John Garrity, and I think this is excellent because they let him be Scottish... And didn't make him be a phony American. He's mostly Scottish. Yeah, but I mean, that if you listen to him in real life, he lives in America. Uh, he is Scottish, but he actually lives in America. He does have kind of an L.A. Mm. accent, but with like a um, Scottish twang to it. Uh, and that's what he did. He just did that in the movie. And, you know, they mentioned that he was Scottish. In fact, there was a... That guy said, where are you from? Mm-hmm. When he spoke. So they even used it in the plot a bit. But I love that because um, it doesn't happen, does it? They always make True. British or Scottish or Irish people be phony American accent guys. And he just got to be Gerard Butler. And his Scottish accent isn't thick enough that you can't understand him. Like, I believe even Americans can understand him, right? He's, he's not. Yeah. You know, he's not... Um, I was going to say, he's not Spud from Trainspotting. You probably can't understand if you're an American, right? <laughs> it's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Spud's not easy to understand. Um, his uh, wife is, in this movie, is played by Morena Baccarin. I don't even know who she is. I've never seen her before. She plays Allison, his wife. I really liked her. Yeah, I liked her too. I think they both did a really good job in acting-wise. I, there was never a moment where I was like, oh, these are really hokey or they're phony or they... I bought them as people who interact with each other, which is what acting is. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, yes. they had a thing together. Everybody, even with the kid. The kid, well, we mentioned the kid. Roger Dale Floyd plays Nathan. The little boy. Um, that scene where he was with the other people and he went up to the 
Yes, oh my gosh. He went up to the soldier and the soldier's like, you know, they're trying to get through this checkpoint. He's been kind of kidnapped, the kid. Not kind of. He was totally (laughs) kidnapped. His mother thrown out in the street and these two assholes take him to try to get in. And then they're telling, don't you say who we are. And then he got brave and he cried and told him the truth. It was awesome. Yeah, he's, yeah. And, and he really, like, sold it. Like, like a kid who's just, like, it's the most traumatic day of his yes. life. Yes. Uh, I was into that. I think he was really good. And Scott Glenn plays her father, Dale. And he just plays Scott Glenn, right? Every, Pretty much. Everything. Uh, he kind of fit, though, for this part. And he was, again, writing 101, uh, again, for this movie. There's always a stop along the way. <laughs> where some emotions are shared and some hardware is exchanged, like a gun and a truck. Correct. You know, that's just what it felt like. It's a pit stop. So she gets uh, some emotional, she gets to see her father before the end of the world, and he gets to get a gun and a truck. Did he ever ask to use that gun? Was uh, there even a point in him, in him getting that gun? Just that the father was trying to protect his daughter. Yeah, <laughs> that was it, wasn't it? It never came Again, into Again, I think there are some deleted scenes, possibly. Because that gun never came into play, did it? Mm-mm. Hmm. So this is directed by Rick Roman War, and he directed Angel Has Fallen, which coincidentally stars Gerard Butler, and uh, a movie called Snitch with The Rock. Did we ever see that movie? Uh, sounds familiar. Yeah, I think so. It's from a while while ago. So what did you think? Of, you I probably didn't like the shaky cam, did you? No. I mean, it wasn't terrible. It, it's not... There was a movie we watched just recently where it was really shaky. It was that one about the drug smuggling guy. Yeah, and no, I didn't like it. The shaky cam. In this movie, it was not. It was like the me- medium shaky camera. It wasn't full on like Jason Bourne. I don't know. There were moments. It had its moments. But I liked how it looked. In you know, like I said to you, did they film this in um, Golden Hour or did they just color grade the movie? I think color graded. But it looked great, right? There was parts where it looked great, but then CGI, you could tell, it didn't send it to Industrial Light and Magic or somebody <laughs> like that. You know, we just watched The Mandalorian on TV yesterday. You know, it's a TV show, and the CG is like it's hard to even criticize. It's so good. It is really good, and you know. I don't... Maybe an episode of The Mandalorian costs way more than this movie. I don't know. But, you know, they're doing some good stuff at the moment on on TV. But um, I thought the directing was okay. Yeah, the shaky cam at the beginning... It's weird, actually. Maybe you just get used to it. But at the beginning, I was like, oh, I don't really like the shaky cam. I don't see what it adds to it. But then I completely, like... Did, did it get less or did do you just get used to it? I think it got less... Because I never get used to it. It really annoys right. me, so I was paying pretty close attention. Um, and there are So, in conclusion, uh, before we do... Well, no, let's do the IMDb reviews first. What's right. the IMDb reviews? That's when you find reviews of people who really don't like the movies and give them one star on the old IMDb's. Right, and remember this movie is not, not out until December, but it was released in a the UK on Amazon Video. So some people have seen it. So these are probably mostly UK people. Okay. So snotty and people. These are the saying? one out of tens. Okay. This guy says, compared to whoever wrote this nonsense, I'm a towering genius. Oh my. They copy the supermarket chemist scene directly from World War Z. The same reason for being there, the kid needs medication. The film was so poor, I couldn't quite believe it could ever get greenlit. Totally unrealistic. An apocalyptic scenario outside, and yet they open a huge cargo plane door and let a man off. And it results in the whole plane being destroyed. It's pathetic. Okay, I agree with that. (laughs) I 100% agree with that moment. Was like, what? Are you kidding me? No, that one I wasn't on board for, but... I got over it. This guy gives it a one out of ten. He says, uh, I suggest people watch Deep Impact again instead of watching this waste of time. No one wants to watch three people try to survive. The movie should be removed from the movie categories. There are tons of better movies. Garbage. 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 This guy uh, says, Honestly, I was shocked by this movie. It's total junk. Well, it isn't total junk. But... 
I get the point about the guy letting him off the plane and then the convenience of the sick kid. You know, I get that. That that's kind of annoying. This guy says, the camera keeps shaking like hell. <laughs> I watched it for 30 minutes and got a headache and felt dizzle. Dizzle? Felt dizzle. Maybe he's Snoop Dogg. Okay. Then I just can't watch anymore for the rest of the movie. I was pretty much sitting in the... S- he spells cinema C-I-M-E-N-A. Cinema? And browsing my web pages. Okay. His own web pages? <laughs> Don't know why they can't just hold the camera still. Again, uh, I agree with this person. Um, this guy says, I give it a minus 400 out of 10. It's like watching a slow-moving train wreck. You watch just hoping it improves, but it sinks to the next lower level and then hits rock bottom. I disagree with that. This guy says, You know I have come to the point that this movie has been delayed for so long that I don't even want to watch it anymore. So I didn't. (laughs) That's a great review. (laughs) Well, that's my favorite review of all time right there. All freaking time. Well, think about it. He went on IMDb to say that he didn't ever watch it. Yeah, I made the effort. That's why I don't understand people. What the hell are you talking about? I never watched this, and I'm going to tell you all. <laughs> tell you how crappy it is. Maybe that's maybe that's a good thing. You go to all the movies you've never seen, and you say, "I never even watched this." <laughs> <laughs> so there. Yeah. Make me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we got finally waste of time, silly decision making, implausible ending. And why did he kill people? Well, it's a bad time. It's a bad time for everybody. He was for, one was an accident, actually. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I could I could explain it to this person, but hey, I I would like to explain to the person who hasn't watched this movie <laughs> about writing reviews for movies you haven't <laughs> seen. I do like the idea of maybe a whole website of writing movie reviews of movies you've never seen or know nothing of. I bet. If you really looked at reviews closely, you'd find a lot of them that are like that. Like they just... Yep. They just saw the trailer or something and then they said it was awful. Yep. Just to get the free movie or whatever. Just to get something. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, Sounds like a good plan. (laughs) Can we do that? (laughs) (laughs) We'll just go ahead and do the reviews. If we don't review a movie, it's because we didn't watch it. I actually, um, now we'll get on to our scores for this movie. I give it a 7 out of 10. I was entertained by it. I was entertained and I cried and I I didn't laugh. There was no funny. No, but it... I but think, I was entertained. Yeah. Um, for the it's most definitely part. not junk, like that guy said. <laughs> Definitively. Huh? What's your number? Um, I'm going to say like 6.8. All right. You know, it's above average, but it's not, like, super great or anything. It's just it's en- It's entertaining, though. I, I, I oh, was great. not bored, and I was into it. Is that our standard now? As long as I'm not bored, it's good. Yep. <laughs> All right, so um, that's our scores. I guess we kind of liked it. Movie recommendations. I'm going off the basis of this movie. First off, I'll give you a movie with Gerard Butler. I like to say it like he's French, but he's not. Like Gerard Dupado is yeah. what you're thinking of. <laughs> Gerard. That's Gerard. how they'd say it in Scotland. Gerard Butler. Um, anyway, Lara Croft and the Cradle of Life. It's my favorite Tomb Raider movie. It's mm. the second Tomb Raider movie. He was her sidekick, basically. Um, it was really fun. Uh, when when Angelina Jolie was... Uh, I like to say her name in French, too. Jolie. <laughs> You're on a roll. Gerard Is Julie. it French-Canadian or French-French? What? No, I mean, is French. it Canadian-French or French-French? French. Okay. Gerard Jolie. Um, you, did you like Lara Croft and the Cradle of Life? I think I did. I don't remember it very well, so they, maybe uh, not. They base jump off a skyscraper, both of them. That's in true. In some wingsuits. I remember really that cool. now. Uh, I liked it. I liked it better than the first one. And my other one uh, stars Scott, well, Scott Glenn's in it with a bunch of ladies. And it's Sucker Punch by <laughs> Zack Snyder, which I really love that movie. Uh, and he's a pretty, he's a badass in that movie. Remember? I don't. No, he's good. And my recommendations are, we've mentioned them, well, at least one of them, Deep Impact, because 
I, I could imagine the one-star reviews of it are, nothing happens in this movie. Until you know? five minutes towards <laughs> yeah, the end. Because what you're building up to is the is all the ideas of how a government and people might fictionally deal with a pending world-ending event, you know? And I like Taya Leone, so there you go. And the other one is 300 with Gerard Not Dupardo because I really enjoyed it. That's a movie with style over substance right there. Hey, we both recommended a Zack Snyder joint. Oh, dear. Damn. I'm Zack Snyder's fan. I like him. We'll be universally hated. Yeah, people don't like his stuff. I love it. Um, It's kind of like... Uh, I like Michael Bay's stuff too, but people hate it. They think it's too glossy and too... Which it is. It is. But it's also entertaining. I like the Transformers movies. Find them entertaining. You, you can... Be honest and say, yeah, it's kind of crappy, but I'm I mean, it's not crappy. It's, I'm it's entertained. A, it's actually Michael Bay stuff is like technically like amazing. Always like he's always very good. Like his special effects are very good. Is you know you've seen Transformers. You it's it's like top of the line. But that doesn't. But mean it's, it's also not lowest crappy. common denominator at the same. Yeah, time. crappy to me is is ideas and whatnot. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's no Steven Spielberg. But then again, he is. On one side of the fence, he is. And the other side of the fence, he's not. He's kind of a sleazy he's Steven Spielberg. really not. <laughs> let's, <laughs> I mean, not let's not even get confused I mean, on that one. He makes those like, imaginative giant movies like Spielberg, but then he doesn't have like the class that goes along with it. Correct. Kinda... So we're going to say he's not like Steven Spielberg, so we don't get a bunch of hate from people who are like, are you kidding me? But I've liked most of Michael Bay's movies, to be honest. Even Pain you and have. Gain, which I really like. Pain and Gain was good. Yeah. Painting game was very different to what he normally does. Mm-hmm. So, um, a Scully stuff this week. Oh, God, it's been a lot of games this week. So let's talk about these games. Um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla came out, which is the new Assassin's Creed where it's about Vikings. Do you like Vikings? <laughs> Do you like them? Do you, I mean, in what what context are we talking about? Do you like the old vibe of Vikings in, what, 800 A.D.? That would be like the time frame. I do. It's kind of savagery and they come from... I mean, is that reality or is that just what we think? This is the reality in history where they come from Norway into great... Well, into the British Isles and just like rape and pillage the British Isles. Right, but who's telling you this history? The history books. The history books written by British people? (laughs) I'm just saying, I don't know, I wasn't there, but the fictional version of Vikings seems quite compelling, yes. No, so Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, the last Assassin's Creed game was the one that took place in ancient Greece, which was really cool. This one's, uh, you know, they're working their way through history over, you know, this one's Vikings. I've not played much, maybe the first 10 minutes, 20 minutes. It's got a really cool opening, but yeah, it's what you expect. There's long boats and there's pillaging you know you go to england before england's a thing properly and take out all the people it's assassin's creed so it's got some modern day elements and some because you know the whole crux of assassin's creed is in the future our future somebody's created this thing called the animus which is like a bed that you lie on and you know you over there sid talk and lie on this animus and you can relive your ancestors' memories. Mm-hmm. So that's what Assassin's Creed is. So in this one, there is the modern-day element of somebody reliving their Viking ancestors' memories to try and unlock this thing, which is an ongoing story. Video games make you sound like a crazy person. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Well, it just sounds just like the plot of a movie. In that's fact, they saying. made when, an Assassin's Creed movie. When you don't, have they? Yeah. Mm. They made they made it some year some time ago and I still never got around to seeing it. Um probably you shouldn't. Yeah, it probably you know, after playing all the Assassin's Creed games, uh, I doubt they could do it justice, but and no I didn't hear many people going, Oh, the Assassin's Creed movie was amazing. So that's probably why Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even know it existed. Yeah, you know who played uh, the assassin, the main assassin? Michael Fassbender. Oh right. So maybe it is good, I don't know. Or maybe it's terrible. Um, we'll never know. Or maybe we will. 
Who knows? Has it disappeared into the annals and annals, annals. <laughs> annals of time or Michael something? Can you, can you not go watch <laughs> it now? I mean, I'm not sure I understand the uh, the issue. You can. Yeah. Maybe we should. I think it's, I think it. I well, mean, I'm not interested, but you're The thing what put me off it. was it's made by the people who, I think the Resident Evil people are involved in it. Somehow. I think that might have put me off a bit. Mm, I know what you're saying. Um, other games that released this week, uh, what I've been playing, is uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales, which is the uh, sequel to 2017's Spider-Man by Sony and Insomniac. And um, I have to say, uh, this is Miles Morales' story, you know, and you'll know Miles Morales if you're not a comic reader from the movie Into the Spider-Verse, which is excellent, right? It might mm-hmm. be the best. I Very think it good. might be the best Spider-Man movie. You know, even though it's an animated movie, it's just fun. I think it's really good portrayal of Spider-Man. And it's wacky. And there's all these different Spider-Men. Anyway, this one um, is Miles Morales' story. And it starts with Peter Parker is Spider-Man. He's just, um, he's training Miles to be also a Spider-Man. He's not been training for very long. And Peter has to leave um, New York City for a while with MJ. Don't know what he's doing. But he, has to, he has to leave. And he leaves Miles in charge of the city as Spider-Man. So it's got this new, you know, the story uh, and the way the people in the city react to you is kind of funny because it's like, oh, you're that Spider-Man. Oh, we were expecting the Spider-Man to turn up. So the city hasn't really, they don't really see you as Spider-Man. So you're you're the new kid in the shoes and like, you can do, you're as good as Peter. You've got the same powers, if not more powers, because Miles has a different power. But um, the people in the city are not really that into him. So he has to kind of win the city over. And then, you know, early on in the game, the city, you know, it's very typical Marvel. There's a, let's say, Mark Zuckerberg type. He runs this big tech company and he's doing something weird to try and take everybody over somehow and then Miles has to get to the bottom of it and save the city. So it's the same gameplay really as the 2017 one. It's the same city, you know, because it wouldn't be Spider-Man if it wasn't New York City, right? If Spider-Man was swinging around London, it just wouldn't seem right to me. So it could be in another universe, but it needs to be in the same city. Right. This is the same. This is just the same map, the same city. What's different about the map, though, is it's Christmas time. So it's snowing and there are Christmas decorations all over the city. So it's really decked out to look like Christmas, which looks a lot different to the the Spider-Man game of 2017, which was in midsummer, you know, like right in the middle of summer. So it looks different on that level. But the gameplay is exactly the same. So if you liked the gameplay, it's that gameplay. You know, you go in, the city's got missions in it that'll further the story. There's collectibles that you can collect as Spider-Man. And there's suits to collect. There's loads of different suits that he can wear. One of the suits is one of the coolest things I've ever seen in a game. Mm-hmm. And I was just saying to you, Sid Talk, you know, the... Uh, spider into the spider-verse cartoon do you remember the animation style it had it was kind of choppy mm-hmm. but it made it what it was like because it was cool looking well this suit when you put it on it makes the game that animation style <laughs> so the whole game is choppy looking but cool looking because it's i don't even know how they did it, how they've done it like it feels like the whole of the city is running at like 60 frames per second but the animation of Spider-Man is running way less, and it's also kind of jerky. But it looks like it, it came doesn't straight. sound great. Yeah, but it looks like it came straight out of that cartoon. You're like, yeah, I can see exactly what they're doing. It's it's weird to look at, but it's cool because I was like, oh, it's the suit from uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Let me put that on and see what that's like. And then I'm like, oh, now the game looks like that animation. That's crazy. So that's Spider-Man Miles Morales. It's out on the PS4 and the PS5. This week was the launch of the next generation consoles. PS5 and Xbox Series S and Xbox Series X. They all came out this week. I want a PS5. I've not been an Xbox person for a while now, right? True. Do you have to be a type of person in the video game Well, like, 
I was really all in on the Xbox 360 era. Remember that? Yeah, but you've been in, since I've known you for 21 more years, um, you've been into everything. Everything. Every console from yep. Dreamcast to Xbox to... But never bought everything. Because um, yeah. I never, I didn't yes, bought... you bought everything until then. I never the bought list. an Xbox One, which was the last generation. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Until that. Yeah, I bought a PS4 in that generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got that many PS4 games um, that a PS5 makes a lot more sense because the PS5 plays all the PS4 games, but better, like higher resolution and more frame rate as well. So um, I want a PS5, but it's pretty much... you. If you if I said to you, Sid, to go and buy a PS5 now, you would not be able to. There's nowhere online that has one, and there's nowhere physically, because they didn't ship any to stores, which is crazy, right? Uh, no, seems just like the same story I hear every year or every time someone No, they didn't out. ship any to stores. Yeah. Not, not like they put three in a store like they used to. I mean, it's the same thing, though. Same you can't thing go to happens. Walmart and buy one is what I mean. Yep, same thing, though. Shortage, and this is a different circumstance. This one's a bigger shortage than ever, I think. Like, it's there was some online, and people got them like within. Like, I even tried. It was like on they they put them up on Amazon. I was watching the Twitter the day that they announced the pre-orders. I pressed the button, and the thing said, "Sorry, we don't have any of those anymore." Like it, it was like a message on the screen on Amazon's queue that said they're gone. And since then, I put it on my wish list. And even told it to email me if they ever get any. And there has never been one. So <laughs> I don't know when they will start putting them out properly, but that's when I'll get one. Maybe that's wise. Maybe that's when the all the problems are blown over. Exactly. Right? So probably early next year, you know, mid early mid next year when they properly bring them out. Anyway, th- that launch went smoothly, apparently. Um, people who did get them got them and they're having fun with them. But what's cool about this year is uh, any of the games that are on the PS5 or the new Xbox, they're also on the old consoles as well. And when you buy them on the old consoles and you put them in the PS5, they upgrade them to the new version. So there's no reason not to get the games. Other game I've been playing is called Fuser. Did you see me play that one, Sid Talk? Not sure. Oh, the music one? Yeah. Yes. So um, if you remember the company Harmonix, they produced the Rock Band games, which were excellent back in the day. I loved Rock Band. You you even played a bit of Rock Band. Did you play on the drums, maybe? Me? Yeah. I didn't do drums, I sang. Right. Um, it, rock Band I was I tried, cool. but no, I'm not good with that coordination stuff. No, I liked Rock Band a lot. They had drums and guitar. I, I really liked the guitar the best. Um, but, you know, the plastic instrument craze... Ended, pretty much. And there hasn't been many music games, but Harmonix have made a new music game called Fuser, which is, it's DJ-orientated. So you've got all your records at the top of the screen. You make a little box of records. I think you can have like 10 or 15 at once. And then you've got your four decks like a DJ does, and you drop the records onto the decks, and then it plays the... Well, it splits each musical track into four parts. It'll be like the drums, the keyboards, the guitar, and the vocals. And you can mix and match anything. So you can play Dolly Parton's Jolene drums, and you can play Dua Lipa, Don't Start Now, vocals. And it will merge them together. And most of the time, it sounds good, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's I was really... saying, how could you go wrong? And then all of a sudden, you did have a problem. Yeah. Um, so there's a campaign mode, which is basically a large tutorial that takes you through the thing. They're still, I'm still working through the campaign mode and they're still adding new things. They're like, oh, now, you, you know, I got to this point where it's like, um, okay, so these are all your records and you can mix them. But now, how about if I give you a drum kit and you can make your own drum loop? So you don't even need to rely on one from the record. You can just make your own. So now I can make my own drum loop and I can put singing over the top of it. And then it's like, oh, you can also, on the same mechanic as you do the drum loop, here's a guitar. So you can make your own guitar solo. Because you could spend a while making a guitar solo and then play that on one of the decks. So eventually I think you can make your own music. Because if you've got everything, I don't know, maybe you can record vocals into it. I'm not sure. But if you can make your own drums, guitar, and keyboard, you can make your own song, right? Wouldn't you say? I would think. I mean, I couldn't, but... 
But yeah, I, well, I think it's simplified. It's not like you know you have to really be able to play a guitar. It's like a like a grid, like a sampler, and it's like when you press each one, it sounds like a different guitar note, and you just kind of string them together. But if you did have some musical knowledge, you could probably write a song in it. I'm sure things will come out of it. But it's fun to play if you like DJing. You know, uh, Cheapy D made a good point on the Cadcast though. The main game costs like $100, this game, because there's so much licensed music in it. I guess it costs a lot to make. And he said for $200, you can buy a real set of DJ turntables <laughs> on Amazon, which um, is something to think about. If you're just, you know, you're just into like, if you're really into the idea of DJing and you think this game looks cool, might might be better just to buy some decks and do your own thing, right? Actually be able to play anything you want. Exactly. I agree. Uh, but the game is fun. The problem I might have with it is you only get a hundred tracks, uh, the be- you know, out the gate, and there's already a store in there to buy tracks for a dollar a piece, and they've added a few already. I can see it getting out of hand like Rock Band. So if you're really into it, you're like, you know, paying ten dollars a week, putting ten tracks into your thing. So I don't like that aspect of it, but the game is fun. And finally, I played American Truck Simulator Colorado, which is the latest expansion pack for American Truck Simulator. Um, and uh, SCS, who make the game, they always send me a code to check it out. And if you know American Truck Simulator, and you, you do, so you've seen mm-hmm. me play it. I've got like a, you know, on Steam, it shows you how many hours you've played it. I've played it for 250 hours total. It's a lot. Is that all? Anyway, this is the new <laughs> map expansion that gives you the whole of Colorado. And uh, if you're familiar with the map expansions, it just adds a new you know, chunk, <laughs> a state, basically. Well, they're going to have the whole of the United States eventually. But they tend to put out like three states a year. So it's going to take them a while. But the game is getting really big now. I think there's 12 states in it already, which is a lot of road to cover. So um, American Truck Simulator Colorado, I can't really talk much. The game hasn't changed in any way. It's just more of it to ride in, to, you know, take your cargo into. Makes you want to drive it right now, doesn't it? Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> just thinking about it. It's one of my favorite chill-out games because there's real-world radio in the, in your, when you're in your cab driving. You can put the radio on and you can just drive the roads and take your thing to where it's going and listen to the radio and some music. It's cool. So that's American Truck Simulator Colorado. It's out now on Steam. What's for Sid Talk? What's for Sid Talk dinner? What's for Sid Talk? What's for Sid Talk dinner? What was for Sid Talk was some new speakers you put no, in my car for me. That's true. I did. Yeah, do that. I did do that. I loved it. And what's for dinner? What do you want? Well, I've never. Let me say, I've never installed anything in a car. I'm not really a car person. Yeah, but you can build a computer. Yeah. So I thought, well, surely it can't be that hard to put some speakers in a car. And? I mean. It's a bit involved because you have to take the insides of the doors off your car. That's the hard part, I think. But actually putting the speakers in, not very hard. And success. They're great. Yeah. So su- thank you. And for tonight, I'll be listening to loud music on my way to get you an Impossible Whopper. Yes. <laughs> and what is your advice? Um, it's a little confusing and it may not come out the way that it is intended. Because I'm not sure how to say it and still make sense, which isn't rare for me. But, (laughs) just a little little warning there. You know, sometimes you can totally believe a person. Believe them. Believe the person. And still not trust what they're saying. Like... You rattle off a lot of news things that you read. You read a headline or you read a news story, you see a video, you see a tweet, and you tell me as if it's just the truth. So I believe you believe it. I believe you genuinely are passing along information you might think is accurate or interesting or you're neutral about, but you're just passing along. And I still don't believe in or trust what you're saying. Like, they're two different things. Right. Right. So when you're talking to people who are just spewing at you things and things like I trust or I believe in the people and trust in the person often genuinely they think what they're saying 
and myself included, don't, I'm not separating myself here. You genuinely are, you're saying what's really in your mind, how your mind perceives a thing. So you're not lying or you're not, you know, now some people are manipulative, so you have to look around for that. But there are people I can trust the person, their, their heart or their intentions and not trust the information they're trying to pass on to me. And sometimes I don't think people can separate that. If they don't like the information, they all of a sudden don't trust the person. And I don't think that's necessarily fair. That's it. Right. All right. So uh, short and sweet. Short, well, that's not like me, but there we go. Let me uh, tell you that you can catch us on ascully.com. You can catch the podcast on Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, RSS feed. Uh, you can ask your smart speaker to play after the show movie podcast on TuneIn. It will play the latest episode. You can also find us Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email ascully at ascully.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She hates your I guts. I don't hate anybody. And I'm finally, anybody. stay classy, Mr. Gerard Depardieu. <laughs> Good movie, mate. <laughs> and I'm going to say, think for yourself or someone is probably doing it for you.